Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And we're talking about an alien prequel? I guess. Called, called Prometheus? Apparently it's an alien prequel. Vaguely an alien prequel. That, like, I don't know. I There's some stuff in here, and we're, we'll talk about it, obviously, but... I don't know. <laughs> had you heard of this movie before? Had you seen this movie before we watched it for this? Nope. I, I had, and I don't remember anything about this movie. <laughs> so it really stuck with you. <laughs> it's. I mean, it must just be unremarkable. <laughs> well, I, you know, I guess we'll talk about you know how I feel about it, but I just didn't remember. The thing that I did remember is the very beginning of the movie with the engineer and their whole like throwing their DNA into the in, onto Earth. I'm sure. Water I'm sure the big Christian fanatics had to have loved this movie. I don't know. I didn't hear anything. One way or the other. But I don't think, it, again, I don't think it was a memorable enough movie that people even gave a damn about it. Sure. I think it's because the alien doesn't show up in an alien movie. Well, if you're going to call yourself an alien movie, you got to have the alien in it. I and would think. I feel like I read somewhere that this was supposed to be in the alien universe, but not quite directly related to alien maybe or maybe i'm thinking of a different movie it's possible Don't quote me on that Too but late. i feel Dirty like quoted. i feel like that would make sense if it's just in the alien universe hmm. versus an alien movie yeah yeah but they really do a hard they do like a hard tie to the alien universe with a lot of the stuff in this movie that's the thing and yeah we'll get to it let's get to it why don't you tell everybody who is involved in this film, and then we'll get into that plot. All right. This was directed by Ridley Scott. It was written by John Spates and Damon Lindelhoff. Lindelhoff? Yeah, Lindelhoff. Yep. Okay. That that right there might be my problem with the whole thing. Go on. <laughs> oh, what else has Damon Lindelhoff done? <sighs> Damon Lindelhoff is partially responsible for the Star Trek reboot movies. Oh, and you love those so much. They're your favorite. They're maybe um, your favorite uh, to bash on. Look, Damon Lindelof, he works really closely with J.J. Abrams, who is not one of my favorite people in the world. Well, I don't know. I don't know J I don't know J.J. Abrams personally. I'm sure J.J. Abrams is a fantastic guy. But like what he did to Star Trek and what he did to Star Wars, he just is like he's like my least favorite geek involved person ever. <laughs> and Damon Lindelof works very closely with him. But although he did, he did produce Lost, which is one of my favorite shows ever. Mm -hmm. I even like the end of it. Everybody hates the end, but I like the end. I think the end makes a lot of sense and it works for me. I do not agree with you. I know <laughs> you're one of the, you're one of the many people that don't like it, but he did Watchmen, the Watchmen TV series that we loved. The one from HBO. Oh, he did that. He did. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. All right. In the cast, we've got Numi Rapace as Elizabeth Shaw, Michael Fassbender as David, Charlize Theron as Meredith Vickers, Idris Elba as Janik. 
and Guy Pierce as Peter Wayland. Yes, there's your first connection to the Alien series. Wayland Utani is the company that sends Ripley's ship out to find that alien, takes it off of its course home, and sends it to find the alien. That's okay. your first connection to it. It's definitely part of the alien universe. Right. These people, these this corporation is the is half of the corporation that will become the one that sends them off to do their thing. But that's just the first part. Then we're going to get this engineer at the very beginning of the movie. So let's let's dive into this. Yes. The very beginning of the movie, we get what when you first watch it, you don't know what the hell you're watching. You just see this big white overly muscular humanoid creature who lands on a planet, watches his spaceship take off, and then he drinks this weird, like, fluid Mm -hmm. that basically just dissolves his body and throws it into a waterfall. He just, like, melts into a waterfall, basically. This is Earth, right? Yeah. That's what we're supposed to take from this. Right, this is is supposed to be Earth. This is the progenitor of the human race. Yeah. This is where we come from, is what they're saying. Later on, thousands of years later, I'm guessing, because this is we, we pick up again in 2089, and Elizabeth Shaw and Charlie Holloway find a star map that shows these tall creatures pointing at the stars. And this is just the third or fourth or fifth in a list of places that they found these exact type of drawings, these exact type of cave paintings or whatever they are. Who's making those cave paintings? I don't know. Whoever they are, they know the engineers. engineers. So did the engineers go paint this and then die? Or are there already people here that can do cave paintings that see these things? Well, I took it as the engineers have been back to the planet since they created humanity. Okay. Since they created... Well, I I guess you could take it as they created all of life. Mm-hmm. Because their DNA is in the entire ecosystem at that point. Right. We're going to get into this, though. Right. Because, <laughs> because this is implying that the humans and the xenomorphs share a common ancestor, this movie, I think. They call them the engineers because they believe that these are the progenitors of the human race, which we all now know is the truth. In the movie's universe, anyway. They are sent on a scientific mission by Peter Wayland of the Wayland Corporation, soon to be the Wayland yutani Corporation, where they are sent to a distant planet called LV-223. This is another alien connection. LV-426 is the planet that the, that the Nostromo set down on, that Ripley and crew picked up the alien from. LV-426. Okay. Now we've got LV-223. The crew is in like a kind of a primitive stasis. I don't know how far in the past this is taking place within the universe of the alien thing. From like if we do BE like before Ellen Ripley, then how far BE is this? Do you know what I mean? Like how far is this before the events of the first alien film? I don't know. There's not. I don't. I don't have the dates in front of me. I'm sure there. I'm sure there's dates. Everybody researches. Oh, not everybody, but people research this stuff. Yeah. And there has to be some nerd in a basement like me figured out how far how how long ago this was. I didn't talk to him though, so I don't know. 
But they come out of this stasis, and this stasis is different than the stasis that we've seen in the previous Alien movies, where it's like a dry stasis. This is like they're in like this goo or this like fluid, yeah. and it like causes sickness in some of them. So you can tell it's primitive. It's not quite there yet. We're not quite to the point where you can just sleep until you get there. I do appreciate that they did try and rewind the technology a little bit to make yeah. it actually seem like this was before right well the, i think the problem with doing something like that this is the th- this is the problem that like star trek runs into when you're showing stuff that happened decades before the thing that we knew that, of star trek in the 60s and you've got better technology than you had in the 60s show mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to suspend disbelief at that point you've got to say okay well then obviously we have to take this as an interpretation of you know the technology that they had right this, I mean, if you think about it, when you go back to Alien and you watch that first, the first opening sequence when Dallas is like talking to Mother and he's got this like Apple IIe computer like keyboard and like the green monochrome monitor, you mm-hmm. know, definitely different than what they've got here. Right. But I don't, again, you've got to just kind of suspend disbelief and just be like, I guess that works for me. I don't. Either you buy it or you don't. Right. That's what it comes down to. Either you buy it or you don't. I don't know if I buy it. Do you buy it? I think it it all comes down to how much you enjoy the rest of the movie. You know, if you you really are into a movie or TV series that has something like that, you're going to be more willing to overlook that stuff. True. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. So when, after they, you know, they get reanimated or whatever meredith vickers who is the director of the mission she's the lead and actually we're going to find out is she is actually the daughter of peter wayland she tells them that their mission is to find the engineers and not make contact without her permission but that was contrary to what they understood she of course says look if a gigantic corporation is agreeing to pay billions upon billions of or she said trillions didn't she trillions of dollars to fund this you're doing it the way we want to do it not mm-hmm. the way you want to do it which i kind of i kind of thought that was interesting a, a, a neat little like slave to corporations commentary you know right yeah. yeah so the prometheus lands on the surface of the planet and they land next to this big old like ship looking thing which we've seen an alien before. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, the very beginning. I did think this was neat coming in. I thought they did good on the the special effects on this, seeing the planet in the background with the rings around it. Yeah, I thought that was And neat. The, the landscaping and stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciate what they did here. I thought it looked neat. Yeah. It looked they, foreign. The, the, the effects are great. I mean, they didn't, they didn't cheap out on that. That's for sure. So they inside the, the the structure they find a bunch of like stone cylinders and a big old statue. Oh wait 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 let's back up a sec. What do you got? First, these idiots take off their goddamn helmets. <laughs> well, because they are told that the air is breathable within this structure. I understand that, but you're still on like an alien planet. It is not human planet. <laughs> turns out your what are you thinking you idiots it, you know it turns out your concerns are going to bear fruit right because that's what happens they get they the, the people that breathe the air have a problem big old dummies 
big old dummies. So, but what they find in there is they find these cylinders and they're kind of reminiscent to the alien eggs in a way. There's something inside of them. They've got like a little like, like thing at the top that kind mm-hmm. of like ripples and moves. Yeah, and there's like goo coming from this stuff. Goo, now, yeah. I was a little confused as to, I know that they're trying to be reminiscent of the eggs, but there's these cylinder things. So yeah. is this something that the engineers put there? Is this like a trap for these egg-like things? I, I didn't <laughs> quite get what this was all about. I don't know. I thought I it was no confusing. They, yeah, I have no idea what in the hell they were doing there. They're just, they're there. But but more importantly, they find a decapitated head, which actually they think is just a helmet, until they get it inside and they take the helmet off and they see that it's actually an alien. Like, it's one of the... It's, it's one, of the one of the engineers. Engineers. Mm-hmm. And it like, it, like, starts to, like, freak out. The head starts to freak out. And you almost think it's alive. Well, that's because they put, like, that thing in its head yeah. and they were, like, doing like electrodes or some crap in there to explode the head. Now, I have a big problem with this because if you find like a discovery like this, are you really going to shove electric stuff right into the head before you've even really (laughs) had chance to study the thing? I I just feel like this is a terrible way to do scientific research. Uh, You know, I don't think they intended to blow it up. I think they were intending to like try and get the, they were, because there's all that stuff on it. They were trying to get that stuff to move around and see if it could, see if they could like reanimate the, the, like the stuff that was attached to it. Sure. But it ended up blowing the head up. Like, yeah. Wow. That's, hey guys, good job. You guys suck at your job. Where is the customer comment card? For these guys. They don't have customer comment cards. Have you noticed that? There are no Karens in that profession. <laughs> Although, wait, that's not true. I guess there are. There's probably Karens in that profession. but Not the way we think of them in other professions. But anyway. So, while they're wandering around, they find other bodies, decapitated bodies. They're engineers, right? Is that what is that what these are? These are engineers that are just laying around? Like, they're, there's that's a bunch of dead I engineers. That's what I thought they were. Okay. All right. Now, those bodies are found by just two of them, right? Right, yeah. Because the rest of them at that point had gone back to the ship. Oh, that's right, because there was the storm. Right. There was the storm, yeah. The two guys had kind of chickened out when they were going into that room or whatever, and the other two were like, nope, I'm out of here. Yeah, they noped out. So they're just wandering around lost (laughs) in this place. So yeah, I think I think those two came upon it while the rest were exploding the head. Right. Yeah, they were busy blowing up a head, and these other guys were finding these other these other bodies. Yes. Yes. Bodies, bodies, and more bodies. In fact, mm-hmm. strange, right? So the the storm that I was talking about, like most of everybody has to get back on the ship. David steals one of the cylinders and brings it back on the ship. Wait, who's David? Oh, David's the yeah, robot David's thing. The, yeah, David's the android. Yep. The robot thing. How dare you? He's an he's an android. He has feelings. No, he doesn't. He's sentient. No, he doesn't. I know. <laughs> Androids are people too. Not really. But maybe. I don't know. I don't That's think in this question. universe they are. That could be argued. Bishop has feelings, I think. Or at least has attachments to things. Like he's he feels glad that Ripley isn't dead. He feels glad that Newt makes it out alive. He's relieved when he sees Ripley again. I think that Bishop is sentient. 
Okay. I think that David is, uh, we're talking about progenital, progenitors. (laughs) We're talking about like, like the ancestors of characters that we know. And I think David is kind of the ancestor of say Ash and Ash is the ancestor of Bishop. They, the first two don't feel, but I really do feel like there's a sentience to. By the time Bishop's around, maybe. Right. Okay. Because I mean, Bishop is 57 years beyond the original Alien film. He's 57 years later. Mm-hmm. And this is however the hell many hundreds of years before yeah. the first Alien film. So, yeah, I think I think there is this progression. And I think what's interesting there is that, you know, whatever I have to say about this film by the end of it, what's really interesting here is that we're not just talking about the beginning of humanity. We're talking about the beginning of AI sentience as well. In the, in the form of David and then Ash and then Bishop. Yeah. That's something that I was thinking about as we were going along because we are kind of seeing like, they, they spend a lot of time talking about how David doesn't feel. David doesn't have the human connection that that other people would have, that normal, the humans would have. He doesn't even take offense. Like, like, like the, the one dude says, I don't mean to offend you. And he's like, you can't offend me. I don't get offended. That's one of the great things about it. I'm not offendable. Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, I just I, I'm fascinated by the idea of AI and how it will eventually or could eventually evolve. But let's get back to the story. So with the one cylinder on the ship, the <laughs> the other cylinders start leaking like some weird dark fluid after David takes the one. So I don't know if they're all supposed to stay together. Otherwise, this is like some sort of security mechanism or what. But that dark, that that fluid is eventually going to... Produce infect. goo snakes. Yes, goo snakes that are going to basically... I think they're the beginnings of the facehuggers. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So they again, are alien movie. This gross. Is, yes, they are. Well, they And rather than having just like one little proboscis that goes down your throat, they're like jamming their whole body down your throat practically. Yeah. 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 But the goose snakes, they attack those two guys that are remaining. Yep. And the engineer's DNA, this is where we get confirmation that the engineers are the beginning of the human race. They they examine the DNA from the exploded head, and they find that it is virtually identical to humans. Same DNA. There is a lot happening all... Oh, I mean, there's like three or four different storylines happening here. This movie's exhausting. Yeah. Like exhausting, exhausting. Okay, so David, he finds the liquid inside the cylinder and then he puts it in a drink that Holloway's going to drink later, which is how he ends up getting, he ends up getting like consumed by this. So I must have been looking down at my phone when that happened (laughs) because I totally missed that David was the one that. Oh, yeah. That tainted the drink i guess i i missed that part oh yeah no he like here's the thing this is this is how it all kind of because after this shaw and holloway are gonna bang Mm -hmm. and she's gonna become pregnant like that yeah so his his altered dna semen is going to create an altered dna baby inside of shaw and she's gonna be pregnant they took their cues from twilight they took their cues from Twilight? Yeah, when she got pregnant just like that and had like this <laughs> crazy baby growing in her. Maybe this isn't real. That's not really the, no, it's the not. beginning of that. No, that it's idea. not. But that's just but, what it makes me think of. Okay. All right. It is not related in any way. 
Right. Thankfully, not related in any way <laughs> to. Nobody Twilight. sparkles here. Oh, I don't know. I think Charlize Theron sparkles just fine. <laughs> just kidding. Well, not I mean. I don't mean. I'm not trying to look. Whatever. Just let's move on. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the the snake thingies. What they what they've been able to do is like they actually use like acid to get through the helmets. Mm-hmm. There's another. I just wanted to. I just wanted to point that out because that's another like connection to the alien universe. So this these is, things are definitely yes, aliens. Yes, and yes. like this is the thing that that blows my mind is that he wanted to say that this is not connected to alien, but it's within the same universe. Okay, but you you're you're showing us the beginnings of the aliens, the xenomorphs that mm-hmm. we know. Yep. You're showing us the beginnings of the humans in that universe. You're showing us the beginnings of the androids in that universe. This is a prequel to Alien, whether Ridley Scott wants to admit it or not. Yeah. So, after Holloway and Shaw have sex, David is... He finds a control room on the ship, the other ship, that has a surviving engineer in stasis. And they have... He sees, like, a big old, like holographic map it's got earth on it as, as as a highlighted spot showing you know again another connection to the engineers are the ones that created humans and this is interesting because the engineers are kind of david's grandparents then ancestrally right because they created humans humans created david sure so and while this is all going on holloway starts to get really sick they rush him back onto the Prometheus, but Vickers doesn't want him on board. And she burns him with a flamethrower. She doesn't just not want him on board. She douses this dude like like Pearl doused her mother in flames. That's how Holloway goes out. So Charlie's Theron yeah. was very excited about this stunt when she saw that she was going to get to do this stunt. Until she gets to use a flamethrower? Because of the flamethrower. <laughs> Until cool. the day of the shooting, and she, I don't know if she just didn't realize it or didn't sink in until then, that she was actually setting a stunt person on fire. Oh, then she <laughs> got a little weirded out by it. So. Yeah, I suppose. Shit, that's funny. So she was all in until she realized that it was an actual person that was going to be set on fire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose I would be the exact same way. I'd probably be like, yeah, let's do... Oh, no, no, I don't want to, no. Nah, I don't next... know if I want to do this. But, right? Like, you know, I don't want to accidentally kill somebody with a flamethrower. <laughs> right. How fucking what horrible would that be? What if I do this wrong? <laughs> yeah, like, that would just be fucking terrible, right? Yeah. Like, that's one of the worst ways I could possibly think of to go is to burn alive. Not fun. Let, yeah, not fun. Not fun. Yeah, I'm guessing <laughs> no. you, you don't have any experience, but you could assume, right, that it's not fun, I mean, fun, I've right? burnt my hand on the oven or stove <laughs> before, and that really hurts. I can't imagine that going into an actual flame would be any less painful. <laughs> by, by comparison, I've burned my hand when I picked up a pot one time. Yeah, I'm I just get saying. It. No, I get it. <laughs> and then... After this is when Shaw finds out that she's pregnant. And there's a... So, Vickers has, like, this containment unit in her in her quarters mm-hmm. that can, like, cure whatever ails you or whatever. And so... Only for males, though. Only for males. But Shaw uses it for, like, an emergency, like, C-section? Yeah. So, was... 
David going to try and because he wanted to put her back into what the stasis, stasis yeah. like thing, and then mm-hmm. he wanted to freeze I- her until they got back to Earth. I'm assuming he wanted to bring this alien back to Earth for what? his research or something. What is with the Whalen Utani Corporation? What is with the androids that they've created? That every single one of them has been fascinated with, except for Bishop, and like obsessed with. Taking a human host that has been infected with an alien, freezing them, and bringing them back... I don't know. ...to Earth. Like, what... Like... What audacity to think that you'd be able to control whatever it is that's coming out of this this person now. Right. And if you can't control it, you're dooming the whole planet. Which, I suppose is a great commentary on how corporations don't think about the people. They think only about the money that they could potentially make from this. They want to turn this into a weapon. Now, I thought it was weird that they were using this as she was pregnant because I thought, isn't this kind of like the same thing that burst out of that one dude's chest? No, because this this thing happens because because Holloway and her have sex and and he actually impregnates her with his, his, like... Even alien, though she's human infertile, semen. she's been infertile. Right, but like what he has given her is his alien hybrid human semen, not just like normal. Sure, you know. I just thought it was weird when you already have these chest burst things that you're <laughs> going to do the exact same thing, but only with a pregnancy like thing, because you know it's going to end up bursting out of her. It's not like she's going to carry this thing to term and have a normal labor with this. Well, I think this also is is another one of those situations where this is the progenitor to the life cycle of the alien that we're familiar with, which sure. is the chest burster. Yeah. Like like we were talking about earlier, the face huggers and the goo worms are related Mm -hmm. and the face huggers are like a newer streamlined way of you know planting that that egg or that seed in Mm -hmm. in their hosts versus the more violent more like you know well it's all rape but you know what i mean like more more violent version of it in this movie yeah so this whole surgery scene was Oh boy, that was tough to watch. So I don't think she had like any kind of anesthesia or anything like no, that. No, she couldn't. They, there was no anesthesia. Yeah. yeah. And so she was cut open and pulled apart and this thing ripped out of her and then stapled shut. Oh, Oof. this thing is like hanging over her head. And, and like, somehow trying to this get woman was able to get up and run afterwards. Now, yeah. granted, she wasn't running fast and she was stumbling a little bit, but still she was running some. Adrenaline is a hell of a drug. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> So what did you, I mean, I thought that was kind of a neat idea though, that you have this self-surgery thing and, and she was able to do, do this on her own. This is exactly what Ripley wanted in Alien 3. She wanted something that would cut this thing out of her, Mm -hmm. but, but maybe this technology gets lost to the universe or something. Why is this not available in the future? We never see anything like this again. Although I suppose this is the kind of technology that Wayland would probably be using if they were to be able to get a xenomorph impregnated human back to Earth. They would probably use something like this to extract the specimen. Sure. Because they don't have any use for the human. They only want the alien. They only want the xenomorph. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was interesting. 
I thought that it was, you know, it's a good action sequence, especially when she's kind of running, she's got these staples in her and you're kind of seeing it kind of like splitting open a little bit as she's running. It's, it's, it's definitely gory. Yeah. So I appreciated it for what it was. As she's running away from the creature, she finds Wayland, who has been on the Prometheus all along the in The guy stasis. we thought died. Right. We thought he was dead, but he's not. Mm-hmm. He's he's in he was in stasis. He wants to ask the engineers how to keep himself from dying, and he is bound and determined to find this out. This is also where we find out that Vickers is his daughter. But he this is interesting because he considers David to be his son as well, because he created David. Mm-hmm. And there is some sort of sibling rivalry shit going on between Shaw, or not Shaw, excuse me, between Vickers and David, at least from Vickers' side. Right. I mean, how would you feel? You know, you're the you're the actual spawn of this guy, and he caters to this android that he made. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be, like, that feels like abandonment to me, in a way. Shortly thereafter... Fifield, which is one of the other, one of the two guys that was, that were attacked by the goo worms, he has been mutated into some sort of wacky monster thing, mm-hmm. and he shows back up on the Prometheus, he starts murdering people, and they end up killing him. Janik, who is Idris Elba's character, he's the captain, he thinks that the, that the structure that they found was a military base that uh, lost control of a bioweapon which is the dark liquid. And this is where we find out that that actually isn't just a ship. It's a an actual structure, but there's a ship inside of it, mm-hmm. which we're going to see take off out of this eventually. We're going to actually see. It's the ship that is in Alien. It's the U-shaped or Omega-shaped, maybe, ship that, that they find in Alien, or at least a version of it. Wayland and his team go back to into the structure, and Shaw comes with them, David wakes this engineer that was in stasis and he talks to him in, I think, in like a some sort of language that maybe would have been around at the time that the engineers had been on Earth last. Sure. Do you know anything about this? Was there anything that you found in your research about what language he's speaking? Because he's speaking something as if the engineer is supposed to understand what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, no, I didn't see anything. Okay. I have no idea what language he was speaking. It doesn't sound like anything that I really would be able to identify. But he tries to, I think he's trying to tell the engineer what Wayland wants out or wants from him. But the engineer is like, fuck you worms. And he basically decapitates David and kills Wayland, kills the team. And starts to launch the spaceship that he was in, the Mm -hmm. the spacecraft. Shaw takes off. She warns Janik that the engineer is planning to release that liquid, that goo, on Earth. This part was where I'm very confused. Because why are you creating humans and then going to destroy them? I don't get this. So I don't understand that either. There's not any... Because because we don't speak whatever language the engineers speak... He speaks something. We don't mm-hmm. know what the hell he's saying. Yeah. There's no subtitles, obviously. It's 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 supposed there's supposed to be a confusion there. Mm-hmm. What is the point? Are we beyond where we're supposed to be? 
is the human race beyond where it's supposed to be? And they're like, fuck it, we're going to scrub it and start over? No idea. I, I don't, I don't, I just didn't quite get why he was going to do that. Why that was the plan. There is a sequel to this. There is a sequel called Alien Covenant. I don't know. I don't remember that one either. Again, not that memorable. Sure. I, I don't. I just. I feel like I'm gonna go back and rewatch that to kind of get an idea of what was going on there. But it, the whole this whole sequence has been abandoned. They have not made anything after Alien Covenant. So what's the point? Anyway, let's just finish this movie up. So, Janik and the and the rest of the crew pull an Armageddon, and they they ram the engineer ship, and with the Prometheus, and the Vickers takes off in, a, in an escape pod, and the engineer's spaceship lands back on the ship, but it kills Vicker or back on the planet, it kills Vickers. And the rest of the people that were on there. Shaw goes back to the lifeboat to get Vickers, but she finds out that her alien baby is alive and is a gigantic monstrosity now. He's a large face hugger. A large face hugger. It's a very strange looking creature. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like the face huggers, but just really, right. really big. Like, what face are they going to hug? I don't know. An elephant. Whose face is getting (laughs) hugged by that thing? David is still alive or or cognizant or something because he's, you know, he's an android. He doesn't Mm -hmm. need organs. He's just, Mm -hmm. he's he's a computer brain on, you know, a bipedal body. So that computer brain is still having, uh, still alive and operable or, you know, awake and operable. He tells Shaw that the engineer is coming for her. And the engineer comes after her, opens the lifeboat and attacks her. She unleashes her alien baby on him. Mm-hmm. The alien baby saves her. It does the facehugger thing on him, but it doesn't actually grab him. It just does... It, it kind of... It's kind of a half goo worm, half facehugger because it has like that bigger, thicker, mm-hmm. like monstrosity of a proboscis that just jams into the engineer's throat. And and that, that, that puts him down. Shaw grabs David's head... <laughs> And launches the another engineer spacecraft that was in the in this, the thing. She's going to go to the homeworld of the engineers to try and understand why they wanted to destroy humanity. Meanwhile, as they're leaving, on the lifeboat, an alien creature chest bursts out of the engineer. And it looks sort of alienish, at least by this point. Yeah, it definitely has the sort of shape on there. So tell me again how this is just in the universe and is not a prequel to Alien. You know, I wonder if it was people were complaining about the movie. And so then he's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. This really isn't an Alien movie. This is just in the Alien world. I mean, maybe <laughs> that's something like that. I don't know. I, I, You just never know with some of these interviews and stuff that happens or... Even some, you know, who knows? Maybe a reporter reported it wrong, or I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, whatever, I guess. So, that's that's pretty much it. That's the end of the movie. 
uh, one thing that I really did like was that David's fingerprint, you see it at one point, he's holding something and the camera is really, really close on his finger. His fingerprint has the Wayland yutani logo on it. Oh, does it? I thought that was a neat little touch. That is cool. I didn't see yeah. that, but that's cool. Also, Benedict Wong is in this as one of the other side characters. He is. And he's British? I had no idea Benedict Wong is British. I had no idea. Huh. I thought he was American. This is the audacity of being an American, thinking that everybody's American, right? Not really. I don't always think that way, but mm-hmm. for some reason I thought he was. It should, I should know better. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is f- just flooded with British actors playing American versions of mm-hmm. characters. Of course, Wong isn't an American character. He's from Tomertage. Mm-hmm. But I just assumed that Benedict Wong was not British. Anyway, do you have any other notes? Do you have anything that you wanted to talk about? I have a couple alternate castings. Oh, interesting. All right. So for the part of Elizabeth Shaw, there was other people considered. We have Carrie Mulligan. Okay, sure. Olivia Wilde. Oh, that would have been interesting. Anne Hathaway. No, thanks. I really don't like Anne Hathaway. (laughs) Abby Cornish. Abby Normal? Abby Cornish. Oh, I thought you said Abby Normal. I did not. (laughs) Or Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman could have been interesting. Olivia Wilde could have been interesting. Abby Cornish could have been interesting. I, I just I I I don't like Anne Hathaway. Huh. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's her eyebrows. I don't know. That's not nice. Well, I don't know why. I mean, I I, I don't know specifically. Uh, an what eyebrow it is. doesn't make somebody a good actor or not, honey. The ability to use them does. <laughs> Or at least contributes to it. All right. I never said she wasn't a good actor. I just said I don't like her. Well, you probably shouldn't say the eyebrow thing. <laughs> I'm not critiquing whether or not she's attractive. That's I know, irrelevant. but you're saying you don't like her because she has weird eyebrows. She has weird eyebrows. Yeah, but... That, Mia Goth that... has weird eyebrows and I like her. <laughs> I just don't like this person's weird but eyebrows. But then I'm thinking it's something other than the eyebrows. It's probably not weird eyebrows that you don't like her. I just don't think she's a very convincing actor. Well, there's something else. There you go. And she has weird eyebrows. But don't say you don't like someone because of their eyebrows. That sounds really I didn't not say cool. I did not like her as, because of her eyebrows. I said I don't like... Well, I did say that. You what did. I meant, what I meant was I didn't like her acting because of her eyebrows. That's what I meant. Not that I didn't like her, because I don't even know her, so I don't know if I'd like her or not. Maybe she and I could be, like, the best of buddies, but I would still be like, I can't go and see any of your movies, Anne, because I just think your eyebrows make her make you a terrible actor. I don't know what it is. Wow. I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I don't like Anne Hathaway's acting. What do you want from me? Okay, well, I accept if you don't like her acting. I do not accept you don't like her because of her eyebrows. That's not okay. Fine. That's what I was <laughs> intending. <laughs> I'm glad we're ha- I'm glad we're having this conversation. I really am. So, all right. I also know one. I know a little bit of alternate casting stuff. Or do you already have? You have more I have alternate casting? another one. Okay, yep. you go because I don't want to. I don't want to. For Meredith Vickers. Yeah. Angelina Jolie. I didn't know that one. Or. Yeah. Michelle Yao. Michelle Yeoh. Is it Yeoh? Oh, she would have been great. She would have been great. I think she would have been too she's been in this because I, Charlize Theron was originally supposed to be Shaw okay 
and then she had to bow out because of scheduling. Mm-hmm. And then her schedule cleared up, and then she, she came, came back, back, and they were like, man, we already cast New Year Paces, Shaw, so you can be Vickers if you want. Yeah. I would have liked Michelle, but other than Angelina Jolie, I'm glad they went with Charlize Theron. I don't mind Angelina Jolie, but she seems like overused sometimes in some of these things. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, and I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I feel like... She wasn't like... in Eternals. She wasn't overused. That's true. She was one of the side characters yeah. there. So I that was fine. It might have been a little bit more Vickers focused if she was in it. I don't know. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because she tends to be the star in yeah. the movie, right? Right. I think the star in this movie is Michael Fassbender, honestly. His characterization of David is pretty damn amazing. I honestly, I didn't know that I liked Michael Fassbender this much. I mean, I knew I liked his version of Magneto, mm-hmm. but like, he's a really good actor. Yeah, I think so too. I haven't seen him in tons of things, but the few things I have seen him in, I thought mm-hmm. he's he does a good job. Yeah. So we've got a few we've got a few really good actors in here. Numi mm-hmm. Rapace is really good. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba is really good. Yep. Charlize Theron is really good. Yep. I agree. I agree. Not Captain Eyebrows. <laughs> well, she's not in it. <laughs> I know. Anyway. <laughs> Any was final? that the alternate casting you had? That was my alternate casting. Yeah, that no. that that that's my contribution to the discussion. Of okay. Alternate casting. Yes. Do you have any other any other tidbits, or is that it? Oh, that's pretty much it. That's all you got. Okay, so. I didn't really feel like spending a lot of time looking for stuff on this one. Wow. One. I think we can tell where you're going to go uh, with one, this. One. I'm. I've been very busy with work, <laughs> and so I haven't had a lot of extra time, and so to. Okay, I have this due. Should I do this or should I do research? The other thing actually <laughs> won out. So I did do some. It wasn't like I completely slacked on my job, but yeah, yeah. I just didn't spend as much time trying to watch. I, I usually try and watch some behind the scenes videos and right. interviews and stuff. Yeah. I just didn't get that far. Yeah. I'm slacking this time. No, it's not that you're slacking. It's just funny because sometimes it comes off. I can kind of tell that you're probably not going to, you're going to be like, let's erase this. <laughs> First of all, it's sci-fi. Secondly, you didn't do any research on it. So I'm guessing that's where we're going to go. So why don't you, why don't you tell me? Keep rent or erase, Jen. It Am is I an right? erase I for knew me. It. Yeah, it is. I, it. I just, this was so boring. I, there was a few parts that were like, oh, that's interesting. I, I had to keep checking myself because I kept picking up my phone to look at it. I was so bored and I'm like no I gotta pay attention to this movie so I'd put my phone down and then a few minutes later I'm like picking it up again and I'm like oh my god I just I'm. it was really tough to get through this and this is just not my cup of tea I didn't care for this one there wasn't enough stuff going on in here to keep me engaged in this I, I don't really care about the engineers Okay. you know I just this. I don't care about this stuff <laughs> I don't know. How about you? What do you think? Okay, so for me, this was teetering on the edge of rent or erase. Oh, okay. And what I think I think puts it over to rent for me, and that's where I'm going to stand is rent. I think what puts it over into rent for me is the idea that if Ridley Scott is able to finish this, he may actually give us like this lineage up to and including Bishop of the of the androids and a lineage of of the xenomorph up to and including the ones that we saw in Aliens or Alien 3 or Alien Resurrection. I like the idea that he's trying to kind of explore the origins of not just humanity within this universe, 
but the origins of the AI sentience and the origins of the xenomorphs. I, I like that idea. I just don't think this is as executed, executed as well as Alien. I think the problem is Alien is a huge hill to climb if you're going to be as good as Alien. Alien is one of the best movies ever made, in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion. And to try and get there again. It's like another Greek myth, the myth of Sisyphus. Now, this mo- the, the movie is Prometheus. It's about the god that gave humans life and fire and, and all that stuff, right? Sisyphus is a character or a, a, a myth that has to do with he, I can't remember how, why he ends up doing this, but Zeus punishes him and forces him to roll a bill, a boulder up a hill for eternity. Every time he gets to the top of the hill, the boulder rolls back down and he's going to roll back up. That's what trying to get back to alien is, I think, because you've done it once or people have done it once with aliens. And ever since then, we've been trying to get back to that peak and we can't get there. It just keeps rolling back on you. Mm-hmm. So this Sisyphean effort I think merits only a mild rent from me. Cool. So that's where we stand. All right. Rent from me, erased from Jen, which, I mean, guys, let's be honest. If if Jen is watching a sci-fi movie, there's a very little chance that she's going to, to be like, yeah, rent this. Or yeah, keep definitely I would not say, keep. I would say keep is probably a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> rent maybe, if it's got a good enough story. But sci-fi is definitely not my area of interest yeah it's just not it's just not it's it feels very tedious and boring to me when i'm watching that stuff it just doesn't interest me so what you're saying is that sort of thing ain't your bag baby it is not my bag okay so what are we doing next All and right. is it sci-fi i don't know oh it's black adam that's sci-fi-ish black adam now I don't know a whole lot about this character. I know he is a bad guy from the Shazam universe or the Captain Marvel universe, if you want to be historically correct. The original Captain Marvel was a DC character. But that's about all I know about him. But we do have Dr. Fate in this. I saw him in the trailer. There's a couple other people. We might be getting the Justice Society Hmm. on film, which would be really interesting. I don't know who any of these people are, but it looks like a fun movie. <laughs> you, it's The Rock. You're going to go and see it. I will go see it. You would go and He's see it. He's one of those we people that I feel is not the greatest actor, but man, he's got charisma, and I love to watch him. He's fun. He's this generation's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. We've said it before. I still stand by that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Arnold Schwarzenegger, not a good actor, guys. Arnie, I love you. You're not a good actor, but you are fun to watch. That's mm-hmm. what really matters when it comes to his movies. Yeah. So, yep. same thing with The Rock. Yep. You get my butt in the seat, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your A24. <laughs> yeah. The Rock yep. is your A24. It is. Wow. He. It's a he. <laughs> yep. The Rock isn't an it. It's a he. He's a he. He's going to come here and he's going to be that eyebrow. I would 100% be okay with that. He's going to come over here. If not the people's eyebrow, he's going to be like, Rrr, and you're going to be like, ah. <laughs> Get away! Don't don't body slam me or whatever. The Rock. Yes, I always but feel he like... would be like at our house. Wouldn't That's that be true. cool? We could offer him some tea and stuff. Yeah, you know. Well, well, yeah, tea. Really? I don't know. Okay. We have tea. We don't have coffee. I suppose we have some booze. Hey, you want some wine? <laughs> all right, we're gonna go before Jen gets The Rock all liquored up for some reason. So next week, right here on the couch, Black Adam. 
probably not The Rock, but the movie Black Adam. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.